Salam Salam from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 23rd of February 2023. Use a quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. If you've been following the news in Ethiopia for the past few weeks, you'll know that a recent controversy was resolved within the Ethiopian Orthodox Tawahido Church, or EOTC. It just so happened that the issue was resolved a few days before Lent that commemorates the 40 days and nights Jesus Christ fasted. In Ethiopia, followers of the EOTC refrain from consuming all animal products for almost two months and do not eat or drink anything at all every weekday until 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Regarding this fasting season, the church's patriarch, His Holiness Father Matthias, issued a statement on Friday the 17th. He said that the glimmer of peace and the practice of resolving disagreements peacefully is essential for the unity and growth of the country. Now that same day, it was revealed that the breakaway Sino that just apologized for its acts and entered an agreement breached that same agreement. The Holy Synod's office also said that the breakaway Synod had announced that the appointment was legal and cannot be revoked by any entity. However, the next day, on Saturday the 18th, the heads of the illegal Synod, including Father Sawiros, went to the residence of the Patriarch and gave their word that he and the rest of the illegal appointees accepted and will completely implement the agreement, hopefully marking the end of the week's-long feud. During the peak of the disagreement, law enforcement arrested many followers, deacons, and journalists, and one of the EOTC's requests to the government was their release. Now, on the 18th, the church revealed that more than 150 detainees had been released than the police station in one of the subsidies of the newly established Shiger City. The release came after the Holy Synod's office head and the Bishop of the Diocese of New York and its surrounding His Holiness Father Petros went to the stations where they were detained and had a discussion with the prosecutors and the police officers of the area. It was also revealed that more preachers and journalists had been released on Tuesday the 21st. On Wednesday the 22nd, another bishop, His Holiness Father Joseph of the Diocese of the West Arces, Sidama and its surroundings, asked the EOTC to urge government officials to release more illegally detained followers of the religion. Now, in other news, the president of the Oromia region, Shimales Abdisia, has issued a call for peace and reconciliation to the Oromo Liberation Army, or OLA, which the government considers a terrorist organization and refers to it by the name Shini. The president made the call on Friday the 17th at the region's parliament assembly. Now, OLA is a group responsible for the ethnic-motivated killings of numerous innocent civilians. In fact, the Ethiopian Human Rights Commission, or EHRC, recently released a report about an attack carried out by the group on the 2nd of February. Now, the attack was carried out in the East Walega zone of the Oromia region, targeting internally displaced peoples. At least 50 innocent civilians were killed. The group brutally burned some of the corpses. The rest were buried the day of the attack and the following day. A bank stores and government offices were also looted and destroyed. Now, a few days later, the group revealed that it had accepted the request of the government. However, the group said that for the talks to succeed, it needs foreign third parties to mediate. Now, if this won't be so, the group said that the talks will be at an impasse. Influential Oromo activist turned politician and current vice chairman of the Oromo Federalist Congress, Jawar Mohammed took to social media to say that the problem of peace in Aromia seems like it will be solved soon. 
He added that talks can't be mediated by local mediators. Instead, that the government should have faith in foreign mediators because of technical, logistical, legal, and trust issues. He finished by saying that political leaders, scholars, and the public should help the process in order to end the conflict once and for all. Now, the EHRC issued another report about the attacks against civilians in Wolkite, a city in the southern region. Last week, we told you that law enforcement had killed individuals while trying to suppress a demonstration protesting the shortage of water. Now, the commission said that it has confirmed the casualties and the injuries. And the EHRC's Commissioner Daniel Bekele, Dr. Daniel Bekele, said that the measures taken by law enforcement were unproportional. The commission issued a statement saying that the killings of residents because they asked for water and threw rocks to show their discontent was completely unacceptable. The statement urged the regional government to immediately investigate perpetrators, hold them responsible, and compensate victims. A local Tigray media outlet reported on Wednesday the 22nd that the Moha soft drink factory, which was forced to shut down because of the two-year-long war, has resumed operations. The company has lost more than 400 million burr, or almost 8 million U.S. dollars because of the temporary closure. Now, on the 6th of February, the National Election Board conducted a referendum for the creation of the 12th region of the country. Now, the board said on its social media handles that results would be announced on the 15th of February, but it has recently revealed that because it received information that there were mistakes and violations of election rules, it's going to take a while to confirm the results. Now, six districts' results have confirmed, and all of them have voted overwhelmingly for the reorganization of the zones into a new region. The 36th African Union Summit was held on Saturday the 18th and Sunday the 19th in Addis. At the opening chair of the summit, the chairman for the past year, Senegal's President Macky Sall, gave the chair to this year's chairman, Comoros President Azali Asumani. The leaders that were in Addis not only participated in the summit, but also held bilateral discussions with top government officials. Now, it's been more than two weeks since the government limited access to social media platforms like YouTube, Facebook, and Telegram. Though not officially confirmed, the government is thought to have limited access to these platforms because of these imminent protests surrounding the issue with the breakaway sign-out. But now that it's been more than a week since the issue was resolved completely, it remains unclear why the government has limited access. Still many are using VPNs to bypass the block and access these platforms. In the capital, there is a housing program called 4060 and 2080, where residents can save money on a blocked account so that they can buy houses. But since there are less houses than when residents demand, who gets the houses determined using lottery? Now that's what happened a few months back. The Housing Development Corporation called on the lucky winners to enter into contracts and receive their homes. But the corporation has recently found that their many winners have not filed paperwork and contracted. The corporations urge residents to take action immediately as the deadline is approaching. And once the deadline is passed, the corporations can assume that the winners don't want their houses and they will be taken back. Now that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Support us by subscribing to our show. This way you will never miss an episode. And let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at ethiopia at rorschach.com. Ciao.